everybody, welcome to episode 116 of For the Love of Guns. This is the podcast about the people, the products, and the priorities of the firearms culture. Now, this is September, and September we're doing a schools in session. So we're going to do a little education here, and I got some great, really great people this month. And we're kicking off, well, finding your 2A voice, and it's going to be taught by Mike Kreitzer. Now, before we talk to Mike, it is time to pay the bills, and this episode is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Now, Falco Holsters makes it the old-fashioned way, by hand. But what's great about it is, is that you have artists making a holster to your specifications. You kind of pick what you want and say, this is the, le- you know, the color leather, this is the edge, and they'll make you a holster. Amazing stuff. These are the holsters I use. I absolutely love them. Go check out Falco holsters because they can make a holster for any gun, every budget, without sacrificing quality. And use the checkout code Banshee to save 10%. This episode is also brought to you by Ammo Squared. Ammo Squared is making us rethink ammo. Now, ammo is something we use in our guns, but it's also something that we can use as an investment. Now, it's not like an investment investment. It's like a hedge against inflation because we can use dollar cost averaging to, well, level out our purchases. You know, ammo goes up. Sometimes we got to buy ammo when it's up. Well, when it goes down, you buy it. And then, well, the price evens out. Go check out Ammo Squared. They've got a great platform for doing this in. Now, for everybody, I have a link down below. Go check it out. It's really a cool thing. Now with the bills paid, Let's talk to Mike. Mike, tell me about your love of guns. Hi, I'm Mike with MK Outdoor Journal on YouTube. I do some uh, gun reviews, gear reviews, how-to stuff, and uh, Second Amendment activism. Well, yeah. uh, Yeah, That's activism. Advocacy. More advocacy yeah, it, than activism, well, I think. Well, it depends because sometimes it's advocacy and sometimes it's activism. I mean, you do a little bit of both on both sides. Yeah, yeah. I just or, I, I I hesitate to to make that claim. You know, I because yeah. I, I I don't want to seem like I'm trying to to make myself more important than I am. But on the other hand, I think that. Uh, you know, it, it it's important to even do what I do. You know, I, I to to well, like like uh, you know, we talked about a little bit ago about you know finding that voice and making that voice heard. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you, everybody in the audience, if you're ever on the way to Range Day, and every town is out putting signs up, Mike is the guy <laughs> you want riding shotgun with you. So. <laughs> 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 yes, maybe. It, it, it depends on what it depends on how you want to look. <laughs> yeah. so, if that ever happens, you might want to hit the window lock. Um. Yeah, you you do, you do. It, uh, so, yeah. That was a fun day. So for everybody in the audience, it's an, it's an inside joke between Mike and I because um, Mike and I finally, you know, we've known each other for a few years, but we finally got a chance to meet each other at Shot Show this year. Um, Mike was the uh, Mike was the guy living underneath the stairs in the yes. uh, in the in the uh, the uh, condo that we had right in. Um, and when I mean under the stairs, he was literally under the yeah, stairs. Yeah, literally, the they mattress. stuck me under the stairs. But <laughs> hey. You know, me and Harry Potter, right? 
Yeah, right. Somehow he's still my friend. I don't know how, but um, <laughs> and then uh, it, it was really great because um, you know I, I've known Mike for for a while now. We've we've met through Ghost and and Clover, um, and it was just it was just really great to hang out with him and uh, also go through shot with him because it was your first time at shot. Yeah, yeah. It was. And um, we just had a great time in it. But the thing is, you know, with this podcast today is. Is get you know getting your voice because you had a podcast that you were doing before you got like crazy busy with you know you're a lot like me life just happened to you this year yeah um and that was one of the things that I always liked about was you know your your show because the whole motto was is using the first to defend the second yeah and we kind of want to get more people to start going into that going into getting your voice i mean don't get me wrong i i can get out there and i can talk but i'm not the person you really want on the bleeding edge of of that advocacy um you know i i'm happy to talk to people i'm kind of the i'm kind of the people of yeah you know, I'm, I'm the person that kind of gets you over the fence like if you're just sitting on the fence i'm the ones kind of just pushing you a little bit and then you know there's other people that will pick you up and carry you through the journey. So, I mean, how do we really start thinking about this? Like getting our voice, because it costs you nothing to get a YouTube channel. No. Um, I mean, well, it well, really... it, it costs you nothing from YouTube anyway. From YouTube, there's a little right. bit of it. There's a little <laughs> yeah. bit of expense involved as far as your equipment and you know software and 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 time and energy and and all that stuff, but. You know, as far as to get one from YouTube, that, that costs you nothing. And you yeah. can, at the bare bones level, you can run a YouTube yep. channel off of this right here. Exactly. I mean, anyone, I mean, anyone with a, with a smartphone can record video and audio and, and put their voice out there. You can even edit on wholly on your phone. So anybody can do it. I mean, yeah. hell. I started a YouTube channel. <laughs> really? And, 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 well, it's true. You know, I, I, I think about, you know, I, my channel is coming up on, um, well, when I reserved the name six uh, in October, uh, Mischief Night will be six years ago that we actually said, this is a YouTube channel, right? I mean, it took me another few months afterwards for my first video. But, I mean, that that was a big push for me. Because uh, I had a hard time being in front of a camera, right? I mean, my videos was, you heard me because it was all gunsmithing content back then, which is now kind of banned. But then it kind of led into, uh, you know, into doing, you know, getting in front of the camera to launching the podcast. And the thing is, is that I've done public speaking for my day job. I, I do cybersecurity for a day job. Uh, I've been up on the stage at conferences, you know, national conferences and talked to an audience, but it's getting in front of a camera was weird for me. I, I mean, I should have been just natural at it, um, but I got over that. Right. I mean, you, look, everybody's awkward when they first start anything. So, you know, kind of getting over that, just, just start filming. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's you know, it. Our, our friend ghost, uh, his, his first YouTube video was a selfie at the range. And I mean, with him, God, what is he up to four podcasts now? Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. 
he's, yeah. he's I mean, constantly working on that, man. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about you getting in front of the camera and starting to talk about, I mean, how did you come up with using the first to defend the second? Where did that come from? Uh, well, the name of the, the, the show is The Right of the People. Obviously, I, I stripped that directly from the Second Amendment. You know, right. a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, early on, before I, I you know, did the cat's phrase or anything like that, I designed a logo for it, and the logo was a flintlock pistol crossed with a quill pen, because the first two amendments to the Constitution, I think, are the most important. You have to have the right to speak your mind, to let your opinion be known, to advocate for whatever causes you, you think are critical. But in order to maintain that right, you have to have the right to defend yourself from tyranny, from someone who would silence you. But in order to keep the right to bear arms so that you can defend yourself and defend your right to, to speak freely, you have to be able to speak freely to advocate for that cause. Because we have people, you know, I think it would be no surprise to anybody listening to this podcast that... There are people out here like me who believe that there are a lot of people who would silence you and not want you to advocate for the Second Amendment. They use their platform, their 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 complicit partners in the mainstream media to advocate for the erosion of your Second Amendment rights. So I felt that in order to have a counter to that, we have to use our First Amendment rights to advocate for our second. So that's kind of where I came up with that concept, and I just boiled it down to using the first to defend the second. Well, it's kind of funny because the, the, the first and the second, it's kind of a symbiotic relationship between the two, right? I mean, they're hand in hand. Yeah, they have to. I mean, I remember, you know, back when my father was still alive, he used to always say the reason the reason why we have a First Amendment is because we have a Second Amendment to defend it. And, right. you know, I, I remember growing up as a kid with that going, you know, that's kind of that's kind of an interesting concept. Right. Because if you just get out there and talk and you have no way of defending yourself against those people who don't like what you're talking about, that, that becomes, that becomes problematic because we don't have rights at that point. We don't well, have they, the right to speak to free speech and we don't have the right to protect ourselves. They say our society rests on four boxes, the soap box, the ballot box, the jury box and the ammunition box. There's yeah. a reason the soap box is first, you know, yeah. to defend any concept, the first step, is to talk about it, to advocate for it, to, to press for your, as I call them, Congress critters and elected representatives to make the laws that you feel most closely align with your values. That's what the First Amendment's for. And 
being an advocate for the Second Amendment, which I think is is just as, as critical as the first. You know, that that's that's not something that you immediately start with, you know, the, the ammunition yeah. box. That's that that's last in that chain of boxes for yeah. a reason, too. So it just seemed to me, you know, when I when I made that, when I came up with that, that catchphrase for it, that that it's it was a logical place to start is to use the first to defend the second yeah because i mean i I like i like where you're where you talk about the the about the four boxes because that is your escalation point at that point right Mm -hmm. i mean you you start escalating from there you know i i very i'm very much an advocate for telling and and you know, I, I call politicians, I call them the ruling class. Um, they're telling the ruling class, hey, look, you're not doing your job. Whether it's whether we're talking about Second Amendment or, you know, budget, whatever, whatever they're voting for, you need to get out there and get comfortable with talking to people. The nice thing about your representatives is that you can just you can send them an email, right? You can you can you can write that email offline get it the way you want it send it off they're not going to know any different um you know that that you it took you 30 tries to write that email they're just they see an email going oh wow i got somebody pissed at me or you know i got somebody who really likes what i did it's a good thing that that you you mentioned that first because that's a great first step it's a great initial step you don't have you have the ability to clearly and concisely lay out what your thoughts are. You can edit this, edit it. You can, you can make sure that what you're writing is exactly what you want to say and then send it off to your, your elected representative. And, you know, you don't have to, I don't know. A lot of people don't like, you know, direct confrontation. They don't want to talk to somebody on the phone and get after them. They, they don't want to go have a meeting in their office. You know, starting with that email sent off or, and, and you know, the next step would be print it out, put it in an envelope, lick a stamp and yeah. put it on there and send it in the mail. You know, those are, are the great first steps towards finding your Second Amendment voice, towards finding your role as a Second Amendment advocate slash activist. Well, it, because it for some people, it just doesn't come natural as a yeah. first step. You need to build up confidence. You need to build up that voice that mm-hmm. you have. I mean, some sometimes you're still building your, I don't want to say uh, your philosophies, but you're still building your whole basis for how you're going to defend the Second Amendment, yeah. right? Is you when you write that first email, it may be a knee-jerk reaction because something happened and you're pissed. That's where that's what I love about writing an email. Because at that point, you're gonna write an email and you're gonna be really mad. It's gonna sound really bad, right? It's gonna be very accusatory. It's there's a little bit of finesse that you need to do a little bit of negotiation when you're dealing with this stuff, you know, cause these people are going to, the second they see that it's confrontational, they're going to want to shut it off. You need yeah. to have a little bit of confrontation in it 
but you don't want to go overboard. You want you want that confrontation in there to show them, hey, this is serious to me, but you don't want them to go, this guy's just or girl, this they're just crazy. I'm just going to shut this thing down. Yeah, you want to be assertive but not aggressive. Exactly. I love I love how you said that. Definitely assertive, not aggressive, and that kind of leads you into, you know, if you start going, you know, escalating from written to verbal. Now you kind of have your feet under you, right? You know, I mean, yep. you've had some you've had some thought philosophies going through emails and writing and stuff like that. Now it's just kind of taking all those skills and going over into speech and where you're either recording a video, going live, um, or sitting down in front of somebody at a coffee shop to talk about things. Yep. You know, you now have a good basis to go on that you've you said, hey, this is my core. These are my beliefs. I can now talk about this with other people. Because, you know, it, the one, one of the problems we have is that we kind of get into these echo chambers, right? Where we're, we're all rah, 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 right? You know, and then we can kind of spin each other up and all that stuff. Not saying that's bad, but that doesn't help you when you come up with somebody who may have an opposing view. Yeah, um, uh, that can lead you to what I like to call an FU moment. And everybody knows that when you drop FU, you lost the argument. Absolutely. Right? Um, so, you know, it, is it do you think people should maybe do more writing before calling or, you know, I mean, some people might be a little more, you know, OK with calling. But where where should people start? where they feel comfortable that uh, I, I think, yeah, where you feel comfortable is where you should start. If you don't want to do a phone call off the bat, don't do a phone call off the bat, do an email, do a, do snail mail, you know, and, and anything like that, as long as you're letting, letting them know what you think, but if you're okay with it, by all means make phone calls. That's where I started. That's where I started. My 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 uh, my state representative, my uh, congressional representative, and my state senators and and national senators for my state, they're on my speed dial, because before I before I even did any of this, I called them, called them all the time, let them know, left voicemails. No, that's another another place you could start if you're if you don't feel comfortable talking directly to the to a staffer because chances are you're not actually going to reach your elected representative. No, very rarely. <laughs> yeah. You, you will be talking to a staffer. Most likely um, you might get lucky and, and they pick up the phone, but most likely you're going to talk to a staffer. But if you don't feel comfortable doing that, leave a voicemail. Just call uh, after hours. Yeah. yeah call, call after, after hours, hours, leave a voicemail, make sure, you know, Hey, tell them what you feel. Be professional. If as professional as you can, again, be assertive, but don't be aggressive. Don't cause that. Don't definitely don't make threats because a you're going to be ignored, and b you you might get you a might reason. get a knock at your front door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but let your voice literally be heard in that case. Yeah, there's I mean, there's nothing wrong with that as a starting point if that's where you want to go. There is something more powerful about literally having your voice heard than yeah. read. I yeah. mean, there is like, there, there's a reason why um, 
you know, there's a reason why when something happens, if a switchboard lights up, mm -hmm. they'll be like, what the hell just happened? Oh, yeah. And some, not just one person's mad. A lot of people are mad because, the, the, you know, all of our lines are now busy. But I, I like that whole thing of leave a voicemail. You know, maybe you don't want to talk directly, but you still want your voice heard. A voicemail is a great way to do that because they still hear. Right. Yep. I mean, even if even if you're a little, you know, you're, you're not quite sure, write a script. Right. Yeah. Or write some talk, write some talking points down. Um, yep. And then and then just go through your bullet list of, of talking points. Leave that voicemail because when they get a three minute voicemail, they're like, wow. OK, someone really thought this thing through. Yeah. I mean, hey, do you think we don't make, use talking points and stuff and notes whenever oh. we do stuff like this? Oh, you bet we do. Yeah. You bet yeah, we do. I totally. do. Yeah. It's, I, it's, those are things I, I have ideas of what I want to talk about and that's what I talk about. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. those are, that's how I flow through things. It's, it's, it's kind of important to get your thoughts together. Um, and don't, you know, don't do this in the heat of the moment. No, you know, think down because there's been plenty of times where I've written emails, even in my professional life. And you're like, mm, I shouldn't have sent that. I, there, there was one boss I had. He goes, you know what you need to do is write the email, hit save and come back to it the next day. Because you might change that email. You might not send it. <laughs> it, it you know, you, you get that time to kind of uh, uh, slow down think it through. How am I going to do this logically? Um, I also like what you're talking about with your state representative. We, we typically think federal, but really the biggest place you can make um, movement is at the state level before the federal. Even local. Because, yeah, even local. Yeah. Like, you know, here in, you know, I'm in Montana. We're the fourth largest state by landmass, but there's only a million people here, right? So, I mean, Chances are I'm going to run into my rep or, you know, at, at the store getting groceries. Um, you can't, you can't hide. I mean, this is a town, town is a town of what, 60,000 people. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to hide in this valley, but yeah, I, I mean, talk locally. Uh, you know, if you don't like things start, you can start, locally because they're a little easier to talk locally than, than at the federal it's, it's for me it's less intimidating to talk to your local reps yeah because they're the ones that like literally you know you could run into um oh absolutely so, i mean because like you know for me you know my my uh my federal representatives they're nowhere near helena they're, I mean, they're in D.C. all the time. Then even now with them being on on recess, they're not here. Um, they're they're they're, you know, they're doing all the big stuff. Right. You know, you know, they're out there meeting with ranchers and stuff like that here in Montana. They don't they don't care about this little crazy YouTuber with a podcast that loves to write them emails <laughs> and and loves to. Uh, to tag them when they don't answer emails. Um, I mean, so that's just start locally, start small, build up some confidence, 
Um, even if you want to start small, writing email, just start es escalating things. That uh, That's a great way of starting to get your voice. Yep. Now, after you get that voice, what do you think the next steps are? I mean, you know, obviously it's going to be different for everybody. You know, two of us will get onto a podcast and start complaining about things. Um, that might not be for somebody. I mean, maybe, you know, YouTube's not your platform. Maybe Twitter, maybe Instagram. I mean, what's your thoughts on those platforms of getting your voice? As much as they'll let you, absolutely. You know, e even something as simple as sharing a meme can have a can have an impact oh, you know yeah. sharing a pro-gun meme sharing something that uh that gives out the the idea that you want something that's that's witty and funny you i mean you didn't come up with it but you can share it with everybody that you're friends with or that follows you or yeah. whatnot and then they can spread it on and they can spread it on and they can spread it on you know it, it's like a, a who was it that, that that says something about it like a, a second amendment virus but do it like that you know spread it here there 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 and before you know it it's all over even something as simple as that because that that's really great because we're at that point you're you're staying within your you know your your comfort zone at that point right because I'm not directly engaging with an elected official I'm directly engaging with my friends my family, the people I know. And then at that point, they're, they're helping spread that message too because you're kind of multiplying at that point. Even something as simple as, you know, hand out an yeah. Every Second Matters card. Yep. You know, talk about somebody, talk, talk about guns and gun rights with somebody on the second of the month. Yeah. You know, anything like you, that helps. That is one thing I've been lax on is every second matters. Yeah, um, I, I, get in, I slacked on doing I just get in so content. many other things. Yeah, I just get I just get so busy on other things and I always forget about second it what's sad is I put it on my calendar and usually it's like, oh, okay, cool, I'll do you know, I'll put a picture of a gun or a holster or whatever. And then well then um I'm in mountain time and I work east coast time, then my day just kind of goes yeah. goes right out the window. But no, I, that's something important, though, is those are things that you can do. Um, I love the sharing of the meme because you're using your sphere of influence to amplify that message. Yep. Which you'll be the, you know, the most comfortable at that point. So what are your thoughts about... Um, I mean, we, we talked about reposting things. What are your thoughts about directly quoting people um, into social media and things like that? Like, hey, so-and-so said this. I'm going to copy this. One, one of the things I like to tell my audience is, is that if, if there's a, a statistic, go back to the original data and check out the data before you share. Because I, I, I see people kind of fall into a trap they're, they're like, cool, I'm getting comfortable. I'm getting out there. I'm requoting, you know, somebody else said, you know, 90% of whatever, whatever, whatever. Oh, I'm, that, that sounds good. But then they didn't go back to actually check those facts. I mean, what, yeah. What's your thoughts about checking your facts? Well, you probably should. Uh, you end up saving yourself from looking like a, a 
a, a knucklehead and you end up saving the cause from looking like a knucklehead. Yeah. Uh, that same process should be done if you're going to share a meme too, for that matter, to make sure that whatever the meme's trying to say is actually accurate. Uh, fact checking is not just some spurious, you know, garbage that uh, the social media platform should do. You should yeah. vet your own information before you put it out there. That's very true. Because uh, the worst thing you, you want to, the thing that you don't want to do is actually spread disinformation. Right. Cause that, that's it. That's really a hard thing. That takes a little bit. Like um, I was chasing down something. It's, it was so funny. It was uh it was just, it was a statistic from any town or every town, whatever, whatever the thing, I think it's every town. Yeah. Um, uh, I was chasing, I, I, I read something on their website and it's, it's, it's really important to go to where your opposition is and they're talking um, I read something. I they they followed up with, okay, here's all of our statistics, all right? And I'm like, cool. Well, I, I don't have time to check that statistics, uh, you know, those statistics now, but I'll come back in a couple of days. What's what I found interesting was that those statistics disappeared <laughs> during that period of time, and I'm like, oh, but they were still saying the original data, but. Then the you know because I was on the statistics I was looking at it I forgot to save them and um, yeah couldn't find them again so obviously they did a little bit of fact checking or something happened with their own statistic that they they wanted to hide them right yeah um, because there's times I went chasing a statistic from the opposition and then I found something else inside their statistics that they didn't think of. Um, because that happens sometimes. But so how do you think we should handle like, you know, for people that are going into this, let's say they they want to go to their representative. But let's just say this representative, they know that they are just flat out anti-gun, right? There's no way you're going to change this person's mind. How do you think people could find their voice and still gain momentum when they know that they're hitting up against a brick wall all the time? Well, call them anyway. Email them anyway. Particularly if you're planning to do something like a podcast, if you're planning to do you know, a, a web page about it or a blog or, or whatever, continue to let that voice be heard, to let them know what you think, to send them those emails, those stale mails, those voicemails, those phone calls, continue to do all of that, document it, and put that out there too, particularly during election season. Yeah. So that the voters know that, hey, this person has been talked to this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this many times about these issues, and they've done nothing about it. They've completely ignored it. They're not going to change their minds. We need to make sure that we, as voters, then do the only thing that really matters to the these politicians and vote. Because I, you know, I like I, what you're I, talking about. 
spread the word that spread the word of their negativity and their lack of response, I, I guess is, is what I'm going to say on that. See, one. I love what you're talking about that. Cause you know, here in Montana, we have a Senator who is up for reelection. Um, what's so amazing is that every four years he suddenly becomes a moderate. Yeah. Imagine, imagine that. Right. Um, I had an issue with uh, five other senators <laughs> um, that that, uh, that didn't like some things that I was doing, um, and a bunch of other people. I wasn't the only one that they that they targeted in Nantac. I wrote to my senator. I wrote to both of my senators. One's a Republican. One's a Democrat. And what's so funny is. During that exchange, I, I found it very interesting, the responses back. Um, the the now moderate, um, he, uh, I, got a, I got a very simple response back. He doesn't like me um, because every time, every time he, uh, he votes for a budget, I ask him if he ran his, uh, his ranch the way he runs the government on money, would his ranch still be around? Um, but... He um he doesn't like he doesn't like me. I got a very I got a uh, I got a response back of I, I I received your message. I will think about this in the future when I think about ethics. Like, okay, so that was a no answer. And I, I I I pushed him on it, and of course he doesn't answer. I showed up to his town halls because he was having these Facebook town halls, uh. and I I I caught his staff deleting my questions. I would post a question out and it would be there for a little bit and then it would disappear. <laughs> so what I started doing was is that when I would put a post out there, while it was there, I'd do a screenshot of it. When it would disappear, I would throw the screenshot back out and post and post the question again. Uh, oh, I, could, I would post the question of why do you keep deleting my questions? And I put my post yeah, I put my screenshot in there, um, and then um, then they, they would just stop. oh they yeah they, they I still wouldn't get called on right yeah um, but yeah it's one of those things is I, I like where you're, where you're talking about document because that happens um, oh yeah you know they're going to they're going to try to ignore what they don't like um, and I called them out I think I even did a couple of uh, social media posts of the screenshots right then i did a screenshot of me saying why do you keep deleting my screenshot with the screenshot um and you know that kind of they've got some people thinking about this like hey wait this is a town hall we're supposed to be open you're deleting his questions because you don't want them to be seen exactly um, shine the uh, light on what they're actually doing so they can't claim oh i'm pro second amendment and then the obligatory duck hunting shot well, no, yeah. you're not, because on this day I did this, this, and the other, and you did nothing, or the complete yeah. opposite. I mean, this is this is a this is guy that yeah, hey, look, I'm a lifetime Montana, and I'm for guns. And then during one of his town halls, he goes, "We got to do something about these assault weapons. We can't keep on having these school shootings." And I'm just like, "Yeah," um, and then you know you start seeing all the you know all of his supporters doing the whole rah 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 in the in this in the chat and I'm like this that 
You just said this in a small platform that's going to get forgotten about and is not going to come, you know, it's not going to be brought up because everybody's going to be like, well, I voted for this and I voted this down, blah, blah, blah. But you said this in your own town hall. Um, definitely grab those things. If you hit the, if you hit the brick wall with these people, uh, like, like Mike said, shine the light on, them. you know, yep. it's uncomfortable when that happens. Um, that, uh, that Senator is being challenged pretty hard. And I took all of my communications with that Senator and I forwarded that to his, absolutely his, uh, to, to his challenger going, Hey, this happened to me. My first amendment got stomped on by five senators. My own Senator won't stand up for me. Uh, here, here's all the ammunition. Here's all of my communications with them. And it's it's election time. And you're running against them. And you better believe that I'm watching what you're doing too. Because I just gave you a bunch of ammo. Um, what, what surprised me with this is that now switching from the Democrat to the Republican, I got a slightly better response from the Republican. Um, and, and my response was always like, okay, call us, right? You know, I, I, we got your, we got your email. Um, I'm the person to talk to call us. What's so funny is it's always the same person. And, um, some of the times when I was trying to get a hold of her, she was a little busy giving a tour of the Capitol building in DC. I'm like, that's awesome. You gave me a tour guide to, to handle my problem. It always ended up with. I need to check with someone else. Yeah. And then that was code for never going to hear from me again. Yeah. And guess what? Um, I kept hitting, I kept, it's funny. I kept on getting back to her going, Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And she just disappeared. And the funniest thing happened to me last week was I got a survey asking about my interaction with the office. Oh, wow. And then, when I got to the point where I could free type, I started putting in everything. I had names, dates, times, what happened, what was said. And um, uh, now they're on recess. I said, hey, look, I'd be happy to sit down and talk to you. We can even meet at a coffee shop in Helena, and I'll even buy the coffee. Probably never hear back from that. But the survey was kind of interesting. I, I would imagine that they're probably going to be like, oh, crap, someone's out there. Because quite frankly, I'm going to use the exact same ammunition against that guy. Sure. Um, because, again, he didn't stand up for me as well. I mean, like I said, just a little bit. So just because they're one party, the party over the other, um, my camera just died on me. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I, I just like suddenly paused and I'm like, what happened? Um, but uh, let's see here. We'll do the uh, let's switch to the other camera. So you get the up the nose shot from me here. Uh, um, so I don't think I got any low riders here. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, so now I get to now I get to make faces at Mike and he can't tell. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, just because, you know, you. You have, uh, you know, someone has an R behind their name, does not mean that they're your friend. Right? No, that R could stand for Rhino. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, for those in the audience that don't know what Rhino means, it means Republican in name only. Um, because, I mean, you get into things. One of the one of the most interesting things I heard here was um, there's a guy I used to work with that moved from California to Montana. And trust me, Montanans really don't like Californians. Um, and uh, he gets after working with him for a year or so, he, uh, there we go. Oh, I got a camera back. Um, there, now I got that one back. All right. And the one thing that I found interesting for him is he, he goes, he's a very pro gun, very, I mean, he moved here to get away from all that, that stuff. He was also a Northern Californian. Um, well, that makes a difference too. But it does. And he goes, one of the things he found interesting in Montana that, a Montana Republican, uh, a Montana Democrat is a California Republican. It's so weird to see how those lines shift depending on where you're at. Yeah. Now you're in Ohio. You're, you're in a, you're in a state that is a battleground state every yeah. time. Every time. How does that work there? Our, our Republicans a lot of the time share more in common with their with democrats than we want that's unfortunate but you know we are our 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 last here back at the beginning of august we had a special election there was a measure a ballot measure put forth to make it more difficult to put ballot measures forth for put ballot initiatives on the ballot, a constitutional amendment to put that made it more difficult to put ballot measures on a ballot to amend Ohio's constitution, if that makes any sense. They wanted to make it harder no, to got... amend a constitution. Currently, it, it before this ballot measure, it was it took 50% plus one vote out of 44 of Ohio's 88 counties to get something on the ballot. Okay. Pretty low bar. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, well, the, the amendment wanted to make it so that it was 60% plus one out of all 88 counties. Okay. Republicans were for this. They wanted to make it harder to make uh, constitutional amendments to Ohio's constitution. The Democrats were against it. It won uh, by like three or four percentage points. And if you look at the map. That was close. If you look at the map, it's the rural counties voted for this. They wanted to make it harder. Yeah. The urban counties voted against it. They wanted to keep it as easy as it is. And that boils down to Democrat versus Republican. So I, I, I say that to illustrate that in Ohio, our Republicans have to kind of walk a tightrope mm -hmm. between conservatism and liberalism because it could go either way as far as getting a so we're talking things like statewide offices like governor or attorney general or you know our senators and, and whatnot depending upon what your district is like it might be heavily one way or heavily the other and they don't have to walk a tightrope but the ones that that stand for like governor, for attorney general, for 
you know, the, the, those types of offices, they have to walk a tightrope. That's why Mike DeWine, our Republican governor, is an absolute lukewarm, flip-floppery, uh, spineless, jellyfish-type person because he says what he thinks his audience wants to hear. And he so is... is a true he, politician. He signed, you know, he, he signed our constitutional carry bill. But he also wants to push gun control in his stronger Ohio initiative garbage. Because, it's, you know, after yeah. the, the shooting, the mass shooting in Dayton, they, uh, you know, the Dems were up in arms screaming for more gun control. And he wanted to throw him a bone, throw him something. Now, thankfully, our legislature, because of the way the districts are drawn, is Republican-dominated. Uh, yay. Uh, so that stuff just never happened. But my, my point is, in Ohio, those types of offices, they're lukewarm at best. Yeah. Because they kind of have to be. And it's sad. Yeah, And there's... there. It's so funny thinking about politics, right? So we, when we think about politics, we think about our relationship with our legislatures, right? Mm -hmm. But then there is a lot of things going on behind that. You know, I understand it. It's like there is there's some give and take. I mean, if you have and, – and, and I'm fine with some give and take. It just depends on what the give and take is, right? Like yeah, if you have a government – give and take. Yeah, Exactly. Um, if you have a governor just gave you, you know, permitless carry and then once gun control, it's like, yeah, ah, dude, where do you actually stand on this issue? Right. Exactly. No I one mean, really knows. Yeah. I mean, if it's like, Hey, um, I'll let you build this bridge. If you let me like, you know, have water rights over here, that's, that's a little different. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about pure rights of people. It's like, this is a right. Um, you know, a few months ago, I well, had... For, for instance, he gave us the constitutional carry, but he's pro-red flag. Yeah. So so basically, you put your gun on, go walk outside. It's perfectly it's perfectly legal. But if somebody doesn't like it, they'll red flag you. Correct. That's so, We don't so have red flag. We don't have that red flag legislation. It hasn't passed, but it, that's one of the things he pushes. So yeah, he really so he's and that's what I, that's what we were talking about earlier. Just because you have an R behind your name, it doesn't mean that you're really for this. I mean, I no. I really think that there's some Republicans out there, actually I think there's a lot of Republicans out there that push Second Amendment rights only because that's what their constituents want. I don't think they actually I think they you know, I think a lot I of these people like, you're God. right. Yeah, a lot of these politicians are like, man, it's just, just is totally a redneck thing, but hey. They're the people that like me, so I'm going to put, you know, that's what I'm going to say publicly. Privately, uh, I, I, they would sell us down the river. Oh, yeah, in a heartbeat. For a bent penny. For, for a bent penny. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's so, as much as I hate saying that you've got to get involved in politics, if you're talking about your rights, you have to. Um to some, you know, at some level, even some if level. it's just the phone call and an email level, you know, yeah. e e even if that's it, 
you know, you don't have to do what I did and find someone who's who's hosting a rally and get on the slate and go to your state house steps and speak about it. I did that for the uh, at the Americans Against Red Flag Laws rally. I gave a speech of uh, why I think red flag laws are unconstitutional. Um, you can go that far if you want to, or even farther, or send them an email, send them a snail mail, leave them a voicemail, call one of their staffers. You know, at some level, though, you need, if you are, if you're someone who purports to care about the Second Amendment, about your gun rights, not, you know, not necessarily, although I would love to see every gun owner be like that, but I know not every gun owner is going to be. But if you are at all passionate about your Second Amendment rights, you need to pick up that pen. You need to use the first to defend that second. That was that was the impetus behind me starting that podcast, starting that that live show on, on YouTube was, you know, I was doing gun reviews. I was doing gun videos. I was doing outdoor gear reviews and stuff like that. But... I, I, I kind of, you know, I'd been watching YouTube for a few years and asking myself, well, you know, here's these big YouTubers that never mention gun rights, that never yeah. mention what's going on with the Second Amendment, that never bring attention to any of these issues. They just, oh, hey, I'm going to go out there and wake up the gong and, 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 you know, shoot stuff or, hey, I'm going to blow shit up down, down range, you know. Isn't that cool? Here's the neatest whiz bang thing. You know, here, here's a minigun shooting. We're going to disintegrate this minivan. You know, they're doing garbage like that, and which is all great and good. Then don't, don't get me wrong. Really good content. It's entertaining. It, it's, it's entertaining. A gateway. Yeah. It's a gateway to get people funneled in towards the hobby. And, and I understand that there's a place for that, but somewhere in my in my subconscious, I always felt that people who are, you know, trying to use the Second Amendment to to gain something, whether it's notoriety, well, fame, yeah. money, anything yeah. like that, I think you kind of have an obligation to defend the thing that you're using. So here I am trying to start my my little YouTube channel and trying to get trying to grow it. And I kind of felt like a phony. It's like, dude, you've been doing this YouTube thing for a year. What have you done? Yeah, you made one video giving an opinion about some incident that happened. And, and uh, that's it. What What are you going to do? Are you going to put your money where your mouth is? Or are you going to just keep being one of those guys? So I decided that I had to exercise my First Amendment right, use the first, to defend my second amendment right and that's why i started i pushed it to that level instead of just okay i make phone calls well but i again i had been doing youtube for about a year and i was feeling comfortable talking in front of a camera and, and whatnot so you know I, and and i'd been doing and doing my show for a while before i went to the state house and and made made that speech you know it's not something that you you have to you know just jump straight into but 
you know, I, I think if you are, as I said, if, if you are care at all about the second amendment, I think that you have to do something. You don't have to go to that yeah. extent, to the extent that I do or, or that Jason does or, or, or whatnot, or that any of the other guys that are out there doing this thing do, but, I think you should do something, even if it's just well, send an it, email. Take take five minutes I, and do that. I know exactly where you what you mean about that, right? Because when I started my channel, uh, I, even the description was is this is a non political blah 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 blah. Even when I started the podcast, which this is going to be episode one hundred and sixteen of the podcast, uh, episode zero, which is your test episode, right? And, you know, you're testing everything out and what your podcast is about and all that stuff. I used to say this is a non-political podcast, but it's so funny how, you know, because I, I felt the same way. It's like, I, I want to be non-political, but how can I be non-political when this is a politics battle, right? I mean, this is, you, you know, this is bringing a, this is bringing a pillowcase to a gunfight. Right? Well, so you I, know, I need... it's unfortunate, but in today's, atmosphere in today's political atmosphere i always i i i oh shit i'm sorry shoot even since i was a kid reading the gun magazines you know i've kind of had the feeling that the very act of owning a gun is political yeah it's a political statement it, it's it saying that hey i own a gun this is where I fall on this issue. I'm a gun owner. I believe that I should have the right to own this gun for whatever purpose I want it, you know, whatever legal purpose I want it. I should be able to own it. And that's a political statement. So you've already made that political statement. Make another one to defend yeah. that, that position. And I, that, that's yeah, kind of where I was. I remember uh, being in college. Uh, I remember I went out and bought an AK. I remember bringing it home. And I remember my father going, "Oh, yeah, I grew up with guns, right? I mean, guns were not a not a taboo thing in our family at all." Yeah. I remember bringing it home. I remember my father going, "Why did you buy that?" And I go, "Because some politician didn't want me to have it." Good answer. That was the reason why I bought that, and I lived in Maryland at the time. <laughs> Oh now, Lord! Now, now Maryland wasn't as bad then as it is now, but it was still it was still pretty bad. Um, but that, that's the reason why I bought that gun. So if some politician did not want me to have that gun. I bought that gun. Um, it just happened to be, well, let's say during the Clinton years. <laughs> oh, so you know, it, it's one of those things of it. it, it, it I I agree. Owning that firearm is a political state. Whether you believe in the politics or not, you used your right to own that gun to own the gun, which yep. is a political fact. I mean, earlier we were talking about not all ours are gun friendly. A few months ago, I had um, the Liberal Gun Club on the show. Uh, I met, you know, I, I met them at Shot Show, uh, and they are. A, I shoot 
I shit with liberals. There's liberals here in Montana that love guns. Uh, the Liberal Gun Club was on. I, I had a great conversation with them at Shot. I had a great conversation with them on the podcast. It's great when you have people who realize this is a right. Um, and that's what she said. She, this is a right. Uh, she's a lawyer, too. And, um, I mean, she loves, she, she, she is a liberal in California who loves her AR-15. I mean, you know, they're not about, you know, taking guns away. Uh, you know, one of their root causes is, is, uh, one of their, one of their philosophies is root cause. It's taking the gun away. is not going to stop a school shooting. There is an underlying problem that we need to get to. And that's one of the things is, is exercising your rights. It kind of enforces that, right? You're not going to take this away. You know, this is my right to own this. I'm going to own it. Um, don't be, don't be afraid. Uh, don't be afraid to be a gun owner because if you're a liberal and you own a gun, you're like, well, what do my friends think? You know, they might think I'm like one of those crazy nuts. Look, there's a whole gun club for liberals. <laughs> so go, f maybe it's time for you to go find some new friends. Right. Yeah. Um, no, it's it, it's it's great to get these things out. Uh, and I, I so want more people to to get their voice um, and talk about things. You know, I, I was the same way. You know, I, I, I know what you mean about you, you, you kind of like have imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. At that point, um, I, I shook that off. and I was like, you know, I need to talk about it. It's amazing how much health, how much I've gone from that non-political to a little bit of political. And then suddenly when my rights got stomped on, I became very political, right? I mean, it, it's amazing. It's amazing what happens when it happens to you. You know, that yeah. always happens to someone else. When it happens to you, it becomes personal. Um, and then well, that's... And you're right. You're right. It absolutely becomes personal when it happens to you. But you're, you're, you're talking about a minute ago about imposter syndrome, you kind of like, well, well, who, who am I to, yeah. to do something like this? Who, I mean, You're for instance, when I, when I did contemplate going to the state house to go down there and make, make that speech, it was there, there for a minute. It was dude, who the hell are you? Who do you think you are? Who's going to listen to you? Why do you think that you should go down here and talk about this on the steps of the state house in Columbus and think anybody's going to pay any attention to you. You know, I, I, I know you've watched, listen to my show, watch my show. And I know you've heard me say, I'm nothing but a fat guy with a camera and a microphone. And, and, and that's kind of where that came from is I'm, I was thinking to myself, dude, you're just a fat guy with a camera and a microphone. Who's going to listen to you. You're nobody. But, as I'm down there, because I, I I I decided to you know shove that voice in a box in my mind and close the lid, padlock it, chain it, you know. And, hey, shut up! I'm doing this. As I'm down there in Columbus, the thought occurred to me because I'm walking past, you know, all, all the buildings down there, and you know I go looking at the state house and the Capitol, and you know there there are these big structures right 
There are massive piles of stone and, and brick and whatnot. But I stopped looking at the big part of it. And I looked at that one little brick. You know, and it occurred to me that, you know, the, those that one little brick by itself started. is nothing, right? But it started. But you stack a bunch of bricks together, yeah, and then it's something. I mean, think about a piranha. You know, it's it's kind of sounds like it's not related, but it is. I promise. Think about a piranha. You know, a piranha, in and of itself, just a little fish, right? It's 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 not very big. Yeah, it can it can it can nip you. But it's it's a piranha by itself ain't gonna kill you, right? Run into but, a school a of school, them. A school of them will take a cow down. <laughs> a school of piranhas will dissolve a cow, right? Yeah. And that's how I I try to think about it. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not a, and, and this when I went to DC for that uh the rally that uh Pincus had put on and I'm looking at these guys. Cause I was, I was uh, kind of an alternate. If someone didn't show up and couldn't make a speech, I was kind of slotted into maybe to maybe, yeah. you know, I was on the, I was on the back bench, but, yeah. and I'm thinking, dude, what if somebody doesn't show up and I got to go up there? I mean, we got like Tim Armson, we got, we got Eric, we got Maj up there. We got, yeah, we've got these big names. We've got Tony Simon. We got all these people up there that are, are these big fish. You know, they're they're you know kind of sharks in the in the you know, Dick Heller. We got yeah. sharks in the Second Amendment activism community up there, and here I am just this little fish. But then I looked out around the crowd and I saw the crowd, and I'm like, Yeah, but there's a lot of little there's more little fish out here than there is yeah. these big fish. And if all the little fish start hooting and hollering at once. And when all the little fish started hooting and hollering at once, they drowned out the big fish, right? Their voice was louder. And that's the thing. They have to stop their speech because it gets so loud. Yes. Yes. And that, that showed me the power of the, this, the the little fish, you know, don't think that just because you don't have this, you, you don't have a YouTube channel or, you know, if you, if you do have a YouTube channel, it's a small one or, you know, you're not Maj, you're not Tony, you're not, you know, Dick freaking Heller. You're not, you know, military arms channel. You're not IV 8888. You're just you. But you know what? You go home and you get you and then you get your buddy and you your buddy gets his buddy and they, his buddy gets a couple of his buddies. And pretty soon. You're not just one piranha. You're a whole freaking school. And you could just dissolve that freaking cow and take it apart and, and, and render it as nothing. That's the power of the little fish, man. Be that little fish. Get yourself a school and do something with it. All right, I'm off my soapbox. Sorry. No, it's, that, that, I, you, man, that was, that was awesome. That, that was so great to hear that because it's just one of those things of, you know, you were talking about, you know, the brick, right? You're the brick. You, you, you focus on the brick. Well, you know, and then you start stacking bricks up and then you have something. Yep. So you start building a base that way. Well, 
when we lose our rights, it starts with a brick. We're just yeah. going to take this way. We only want to take this way. Just this. That's well, how they've done it. Too. That's now how they it's how they've done it. Incrementalism. So you just do the same thing against them. You, you're taking their exact playbook and just turn it around on them. Yep. Um, it is amazing what you can do it, when you get a bunch of people together. Now, we've been rolling about an hour. And for everybody here, uh, it is really late on my, over for Mike here. We're recording this one late uh, because he's, he's a really busy guy. And I really appreciate you coming on. How can people find you, Mike? Uh, MK Outdoor Journal here on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. I haven't been putting out a lot of content lately because I've been super busy working yeah. my day job and my side hustle. But uh, in the near-ish future, I'm planning to start putting out some more reviews. And I think the right of the people is going to come back. Um, awesome. I, I have to, I have to kind of work out a time slot and a day for it. It might be about, Oh, 11 o'clock or so on a Sunday. I work afternoons. <laughs> I work 10 hour shifts from uh, like two 30 Eastern to 1 AM Eastern two thirty PM to 1 AM. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm whooped by the time I get home. I go to, I come home, I go to sleep, I get up, I go to work. That, that's, that's yeah. what my life consists You're of. You're in the and grind. then on the weekend, yeah. on the weekends, I work my side hustle. So I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of pressed talk for time little, right talk now. Talk a little bit about the, talk a little bit about the side hustle. I, I DoorDash, I DoorDash, DoorDash. Yep. Okay. But it's, you see, hey, and that's man, the I, thing is, I can, I can, I can make twenty, twenty five bucks an hour doing DoorDash if you grind at it. So and that's, and that's the thing is that it, it, it brings money in, and what people don't realize is that being a content creator cost money i mean this, costs a lot of this money. stuff costs a lot of money if, um, now I don't mean, get me wrong you can do it with just this and an internet internet connection you can you can but you know props lights the computer yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 programs the the editing programs you know stuff yep. to review uh it, it, it you know if, if you're running a gun money. channel you got to get guns and uh, and you gotta get ammo. Not all of us get <laughs> shit sent to us. <laughs> some of yeah. us do, and I, cool. you know, I get something sent, but it's been a minute since someone sent me a gun and said, "Hey, can you review this?" Well, and so, the sad yeah. thing is, is that when you get the gun, that's the cheap part. At that point. Yeah, you yeah, put, you're gonna put the ammo through it. Then and, it's the ammo then all the time. It, then it's the time, and 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 uh, you know, it's it's it ain't cheap. So. Plus travel to, you know, to go to things like shot, to go to NRA, shot to shoot. go to yeah. USCCA, to go to the Great American Outdoor Show, to go to go to stuff like that. It, it ain't free. Possibly. And YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not getting much money out of them. See, and that's that's why Mike was living underneath the stairs at Shot yes. Show. That's why I was uh, I was the boy under the stairs because we, we joke or I joke it around the about the cheapest shot way to do it. Shot show is like you know, like poor college roommate type of living. Yes. Um, so at, at our level, anyway. <laughs> at our yeah, level. exactly at our level. But 
Mike, man, it's been great having you on. I just want to kind of loosen up a little bit. At the end of the podcast, I always like to, to have a speed round. So it's okay. going to be four this or that questions and right. one thinking question. Okay. So for long guns, lever action or bolt action? Depends, but. What would you gravitate lever. first? Lever? Lever. Okay. So for pistol, semi-auto or revolver? Semi-auto. For hearing protection, plugs or muffs? Muffs. For rifle, 30-06 or 308? Thirty out six. Okay, I like that. A lot, a lot of people go to that three hundred eight. I, I I don't know, man. The thirty out six is. I grew up on that, and it's just one of those things. That, well, neither I, one I just, really applies here in Ohio because I can't hunt with either one. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, because you got straight straight wall, wall right? cartridge. That's why I said lever straight gun wall cartridge. <laughs> so for your thinking question, I'm going to take you to the world's largest warehouse, and in this warehouse has one of anything that has ever thrown a projectile. Anything from Dennis and Menace's slingshot all the way out to maybe a deck gun off the Missouri. And everything has been cleared through every possible government agency that would ever need to approve something. You get to walk off with one. What are you taking with you? Oh, wow. Told you it's a thinking question. Hmm. Not that I would ever use it, but the the Davy Crockett gun, the the, the that the artillery piece that fired nuclear rounds, that thing. Oh, there you go. Okay. Just. Just to have it. <laughs> Just to say Just to I've got it. it. <laughs> it's funny because I've had uh, it, that question has has gotten so many different answers. Sure. The, probably the oddest, probably the oddest uh, answer I got. Well, actually, I would say the oddest question. The most unexpected question I got was from Gabby Franco. She came up with a Gatling gun, the old crank yeah. Gatling gun. And I'm just like, you know what? I never wanted a Gatling gun so much in my life until now, right? I mean, it's just like you know, watching the old, um, you know, Clint Eastwood movies. Like, um, uh, oh, why can't I think of it now? Outlaw um, Josie Wales. Outlaw Josie Wales. That's it. Yeah, thinking of that Gatling gun, it's just like, it's just that would be so cool to have that. Oh yeah. So, well, Mike, man, thank you so much for joining. Everybody that's either watching or listening. Man, if you want to get the mic, we will have all the links down below. So if you're listening to this and you're driving home, don't stop to try to, you know, try to figure this stuff out. No. We have the links down below. Just come back to the podcast and click there. Mike, thank you again so much hey, for coming. Thanks for having me. It's been a, been a great time. It, it has, man. And hopefully we'll be talking to each other in a few months. It was great catching up with Mike, man. It, really funny thing about SHOT Show is that you get to meet people that you talk to all the time online 
but you never get really a chance to see them face to face. And uh, since he was staying with us, man, it was really great. And yes, we actually did have him living under the stairs. It's such a funny story. But anyways, um, Mike is a great guy. We also found out, Mike and I found out that we were actually born hours apart from each other in two different states. It was just really, really kind of a funny thing. He He's almost like my brother from another mother, literally, because of the whole sharing birthdays. Really funny, really funny story. And um, it, it was so funny that when we when we actually realized, because we were doing this whole one-up thing, like, well, yeah, I'm this old and I'm this old. And then we found out, well, we're the same. I go, yeah, I was born, I was born on this day. Well, I was born on this day too. Like, it's just so funny. Mike is a great guy, man. Go check out his YouTube channel. I've got a link down below. Now for the product of the podcast. It is the Dawn 365. Now, the Dawn 365 is a slide. They also have barrels. This is for the P365. I also have a, and this is the barrel for the P365 as well. They come in multiple colors. I also have a barrel for my 365XL. They don't have a slide out for the 365XL yet, but they're working on it. Man, these things are so cool. I mean, I rebuilt my P365. And, um, you know, now I can actually put a red dot on my small P365 because it's optics cut. Great product coming out from Lone Wolf. Go check them out. You're not going to be disappointed because they came out with some really nice designs. I mean, they got a little bit of lightning cuts in there. Um, just the shaping of it. Super cool product. Really love playing with this pistol now because this thing just looks awesome. And now I got a red dot that I can use on it. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, click that video right there. That is, well, a classic. That is a video with over 66,000 views on YouTube. That is how to reassemble a 1911 frame. For everybody else, there's a link down below. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. And look forward to talking to you again soon.